0: Hello listeners Well I thought Good to make a change from Nick abusing me or just being annoying In the intro So Here I am In our little local woods I've been watching yellowhammers And skylarks and woodpeckers And nuthatches And song thrushes Chiff chaffs and it is just beautiful and a good reminder that actually the world is and can be a beautiful place as well as all the rubbish that's going on so welcome to the mid-faith crisis podcast
1: In place your woods. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: you couldn't resist, could you? you couldn't just let it be, you had to tinker. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I I haven't done any, added any sound effect about beautiful woodland sea.
0: <laughs> no, of course you haven't.
1: Well, uh, welcome everybody to episode I literally have no idea. Hang on, I haven't even oh. got the thing up. No, I, I, because I, I was too pleased with myself for what I just <laughs> so d- deny childish. deny doing to your thing. Hold on, uh, episode. Uh, welcome everybody to. <laughs> <This is> brilliant. <laughs> no, hang on, you've got the wrong number up there. Oh, oh no, it. no, it's okay, it's fine. All right, welcome everybody to episode one hundred and ninety-three. The correct number <laughs> is what you're trying no. to say. Well, I don't know how much of that last rubbish will make it into this edit. (laughs)
0: Honestly, listeners, you've no idea what I have to deal with (laughs) week on week.
1: (laughs) Uh, 193 of the Mid-Faith Guys podcast. My name is Nick Page and uh, there is Joe Davis. Indeed. Hello,
0: everyone. (laughs) Great to be back. Sorry about last week. We were a bit (laughs) disorganised.
1: Well, you were having a very, very busy time, weren't you? Yes, yes
0: i was i'm on grief overload um mm. yes looking forward to a
1: little break mm. Mm. well and talking of which we will flag up right now that pro- there won't be a mid-faith crisis episode next week either because you no. are on holiday we might do one in between but we're not sure so yeah you know uh, bear with us listeners we, we yeah. you know that for various reasons as will be revealed in this podcast we kind of need a break but mm. um you know, we, we hope not to be too long. Anyway, how are you
0: apart from all that? Uh, well, uh, apart from uh, insane levels of tiredness, I'm very well, I think, really. Um, okay. Can't complain. I'm loving this weather, loving going out. And actually, this morning, you would have appreciated this. I went with a with a couple of friends. Well, I, can I call Rachel a friend? I think I can. Um, well, I hope
1: you're still friends
0: with her. Yeah, that. we are. We are. Yeah, so I went with a couple of friends. And uh, we, we read a Mary Oliver poem. As we sat and had our breakfast in the woods, and it was Lovely. it was the classic one, wild geese. And there were a couple of bits oh. that really jumped out. That thing about tell tell me about despair, yours, and mm. I will tell you mine. Just really struck mm. me as that's such an important thing to do for one another. Mm. And then I love the uh, ending about announcing your place in the family of things. I love this idea that you know everything belongs in the family of all things. Mm. so that was a very nice start to the day uh oh well this was this was alternative so uh my taxi arrived at 5 40 on sunday morning by taxi i mean another friend and we went and watched the sunrise but we had to build a labyrinth first on the foreshore oh, and, wow. uh, and uh and it was really something i mean it 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 it, it was hard work <laughs> with a Mm. wheelbarrow, getting all the rocks to the foreshore. (laughs) (laughs) It was extraordinary. That took an hour. And then, but then we stood round and in a circle around the labyrinth and we chanted, you would like that, I think. Um, They told me I had to put my clothes back on, it turns out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't appropriate, it seems. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then, yeah, then we walked the labyrinth and it was, I mean, you know, there was a lot going on that morning, I think it's fair to say. Mm. So um, that was very lovely. And um, I'm just enjoying the sounds of spring as the intro you know herds of wildebeest
1: <laughs> yeah indeed majestic elephants in the distance yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me just ask you about the labyrinth a bit so with the labyrinth did you have like a pattern that you're working to or did you just sort of emerge? yeah no or, the, so he, the, the, big, the guy
0: who was knew knew what he's doing the chief in charge had a had a diagram and a pattern and you and it's, it's quite something to organize it actually i mean it's, it's quite a feat i thought um but it was very lovely
1: yeah
0: and of course it's gone, you know it's tidal so yeah yeah exactly in fact at the end the, the 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 sea was coming onto the top end of the labyrinth but oh, that wow. was quite powerful actually yeah, in yeah, a way yeah. um the sweeping it away you know that whole rhythm of the tide thing gets me every time so um yeah great mm, how about you
1: yeah um well Mm, well, uh, pretty crap, actually. Yes, I have to say, mm. to be honest. Um, yeah, I knew that answer was coming for for uh, reasons that will become apparent. But I um, had had some great experiences. We went to uh, Claire and I went to a place called Compton Verney, which is a kind of um, it's a it's a great big stately home, but it's turned into an art gallery. Oh, so it has yeah. these these exhibitions, and it had an exhibition of portrait artists of the year. I don't know if you oh, watched right. that program. I've caught so bits of it. Yeah yeah some of the some of the portraits so it was fantastic mm. um yeah so that was that was great we, we really liked that and uh, obviously visited some old churches on the way back Obs um our house is about to go on the market which is really frightening oh uh, i'm finding that really quite alarming i don't know why i'm doing this really, but there you are <laughs> is it because um, it's
0: too nice and you're too happy there
1: that's that's probably it, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. An yeah, artist needs a pain. Too much good, too much of a good time, and God wants to punish me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we're just we're just testing it out, trying it out, see mm. what happens. But uh, that's a bit interesting. Uh, went to the Isle of Wight, which was lovely, and you know, so many of the people there spoke English. That was nice. That was oh, helpful. good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was great. No, it was lovely. Uh, but then I came home. You know, a bit early from it because uh, my friend who I've talked about on the podcast, uh, my friend Steve, was uh, really seriously ill and I wanted to to say goodbye to him. And Mm. uh, very sadly, he he passed away on Sunday, Mm. so Saturday night, actually. And um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's not nice. That's that's pretty tough, really. Yeah,
0: that's heavy. Yeah. And you're feeling the weight of grief from that.
1: Yeah. And I was preaching on Sunday morning. Well. Oh. So I had to sort of... But I was, I was glad, actually. You know, obviously, as I, I think I texted you, obviously yeah. I I decided not to mention it. to Yeah, church, of course. Yeah. To ignore their collective grief and just focus on the exegesis of the Greek. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly right. <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. No, I... Uh, <laughs> No i didn't of course I didn't but i I mean, I just wanted to say stuff about him and and yeah. I was glad actually it was me because he was among my you know like you among my real closest friends yeah, like sure. that and uh, uh and so yeah it was it was it's it's, it's pretty weird isn't it it's pretty weird uh, when you... it's it's not good it's not yeah. good. no I think it's that idea that even though he was ill uh you know with cancer, I always knew there'd be another time to see him you know you'd always yeah. you know you think, yeah. well i'm going to see him next week or week after that Uh and now you know until resurrection that isn't going to be the case so yeah yeah so it's it's, it's a tough old time really yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm sorry my friend that is tough well, so well i mean that will that will set the backdrop for anything we discussed today yeah sure. sure yeah yeah sure okay well uh let's move on Oh, let's also say, while you mentioned, uh, you mentioned about going to an exhibition, I went to the Grayson Perry exhibition.
1: Oh, did you? In Bristol,
0: yeah, of the uh, art club. Oh, yeah, and, and it's it back just, again. It's just the programme's back. Yeah, the programme's back, and that's great. And the exhibition was absolutely wonderful. Really yeah, recommend it. Anyone oh, good. Try and get Bristol? down there, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Really good. OK, mate, well, shall we crack on with some yeah, very good feedback? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 let's do that. OK, so this from Sam. And uh, Sam says this, dear Joe and Nick, I just want to share a thought about how we respond to people's asking for prayer or attributing stuff to God's intervention. Personally, I found it really liberating to dwell on the fact that all we have are words and wonderful though they can be when it comes to the divine language itself is wholly inadequate. Individually and collectively, we come up with metaphors to give our individual human brains a framework with which to try and comprehend the incomprehensible. I might feel perfectly comfortable being held in the love that is the divine mystery. But for others, that's too far down the garden path and away with the fairies. They may need metaphors that are closer to home, like God as a person who acts like a perfect person. Whilst I may find that problematic, I remember that I once thought the same. So now I hold on to the metaphors that I might find helpful and try to humbly allow others to hold on to their own. In the right moment, I might say, have you thought about... But mostly I let it go and trust that their journey will lead them to a more expansive knowledge of the divine, like I hope mine continues to do. So I will agree to pray for God to intervene, believing that for them, just knowing they are not alone, might itself be part of the answer. I will share in their thankfulness to God if their prayers are answered. It really doesn't matter that we hold completely different ideas of God, prayer, intervention and answers, because that's not the point. On occasions, I may even use their language and pray in their style if it's helpful to them. It's all metaphor anyway. Thank you for your dogmatism, said no one ever. <laughs> like that. Anyway, looking forward to Lee Abbey. All the best. And that's from Sam. Ah, oh, thank you, Sam. That's a good email, isn't it? Thanks for that. It's, it's a real yeah. mature response, I think. You haven't got to prove yeah. that your way's right now at all. Because A, it might not be, of course. And B, you know, you're, what you're saying is you're being kind to people and allowing them to believe what they believe and that's where they're at and you're not trying to change them and I think that's a good Yeah thing.
1: yeah I think two things though I think one one is that you, you yeah we, we don't really get I think the power of metaphor enough we don't appreciate it enough I think it I think the right metaphor I think it was a Spanish there was a Spanish writer I can't remember his name he wrote he wrote the metaphor is the most fertile power known to man mm. you know if you get the metaphor mm. right you can create a reality yeah and I think that's what happens when Jesus talks about the father and that kind of stuff is we know it's a metaphor but it it creates a kind of reality for so many of people that they find helpful some people don't find it helpful but I yeah. think but you know I think that's the case. And the other thing is I think we do still have to kind of push back I guess at metaphors that really don't work or 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 the unspoken mm. kind of metaphor. So I was talking to someone today who who'd had somebody wrote them an eight page letter Explaining why uh, their prayer requests were wrong, <laughs> or the way in which they're asking for prayer requests is oh, wrong, gosh. and that is quite a commitment. It is a right an eight-page it? letter. It's, <laughs> it's it's lovely, and um, oh, and of course wow. that's an unhelpful metaphor because it kind of sees the metaphor behind that is that God is an examiner. Mm. You know, for whom He's only going to answer your prayers or listen, even listen to your prayers if you get them in the right order. God is a kind of bureaucrat, kind mm. of way. You know, so I think that I agree. Really, if if the metaphor is, you know, is helpful to people, and if it's if it's bib, mm. you know, I guess if it's in accordance with the Bible or according to our own understanding of God, then let's just in, help help people enjoy it. But uh, yeah. They're very powerful things, metaphors, aren't they? Yeah.
0: So thank you, Sam, for that. And then Peter mm. wrote in, and Peter uh, Peter wrote in with this. He said, "Nick said that he, meaning God, doesn't act like that anymore." You remember we were having a conversation uh, about yes. interventionist God, and you 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 made a comment about how oh yeah, well God doesn't seem to act that way anymore. Mm. You, mm. you know, um, compared with Old Testament times, he was big and strong and interventionist. And yeah. He says, "Is it not rather that that is how people then envisaged God?" Over the succeeding years, we've evolved, developed uh, how we think about and perceive the divine. And generally, it's now not a strong interventionist warrior. Mm. He says, I've always liked Nick Caves. I don't believe in an interventionist God. So, um, yeah. So he was he was really saying, did that. Is it that God used to act in an interventionist way, but doesn't anymore? Or is it just that's how people understood God then? Yes. But God hasn't changed.
1: Well, it depends whether uh, how many arguments you want, doesn't it, really, <laughs> as to whether you're going to hold to that. Uh, I think it comes to the same thing, really. So mm. whether you believe, if you believe in numbers, exodus and all that kind of, you know, the pillar of smoke and all that malarkey, yeah. that stuff, to use a the theological term. Yes, um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh or whether, whether that was, that's, that's his, historic, or whether you think that that's historical, whether you think it's uh, the way people understood it at the time, whether you think it's a complete matter. Mm. It doesn't much manner now, does it? Because quite clearly that's not happening. Mm. No, exactly. I don't see any pillars of smoke around the world or on YouTube no. or anything. So, no, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but take the point, yeah. yeah. So, um, right, so here's a,
0: an email from Gareth, and this is an excellent email, Gareth. Thanks so much for sending it in. And uh, basically he says, hi, Joe, Nick. And he wrote in a few years back a couple of years back, sort of um, asking questions. Uh, hmm. And and, 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 he, and I don't think we gave him a particularly satisfactory answer, hard though that would be to imagine. It's so unusual. Is it, I know, really? Ask, the answer a question. Anyway, hmm. he says this, he says, but I'm continually hearing what God doesn't do, not just from you, but across the Christian faith, the Western Christian faith, uh, may I add. He says, God doesn't wave his magic wand, fine. It doesn't answer prayers particularly of request. God doesn't condemn us or punish us. God doesn't control things. What I hear is God is love. He says, here's the thing. So what? What's the point in a God that doesn't do anything? And where's the love? Love without action is fluffy and lovely, but can be a bit useless if you're, say, starving or stuck in a city that has bombs raining down on it. So what does God do? What should we expect from God? Or has he done it all and now steps back and lets things run uh, their course, ready to pick up the pieces at the end? Just to say, I ask this coming from an evangelical background, having recently been through training for ministry at quite a liberal theological college. And the thing is, liberal theology and the fluffy, lovely uncertainty makes me a better person, but leaves me with a less than adequate God. So now I feel a bit stuck, like all my firm foundations have been removed, but have been replaced by sand. Am I having a mid-faith crisis? Can you answer any of my questions? Do I just need to get a grip? oh bless you hang on
1: (laughs) i'll take those last questions in order shall i uh yes no yes i don't know (laughs) yeah
0: there you are there's some answers (laughs) you can confirm but that's a really great question yeah uh there's a lot of focus on what god doesn't do and god we know doesn't know god's not controlling everything we know god's not intervening always the way we want and we know what does god do What's yes. God's job <laughs> description here? What, what do we believe about the divine? And it's very lovely that he's all fluffy and kind. But, you know, what good is that? Mm. That's a really good question. So thank you for that email. And we're going to answer that question fully and comprehensively.
1: Uh, but, yeah, well, I suppose, I suppose we'd start, firstly, with a couple of things. Well, firstly, I would start with that, uh, you know, well, what is our view of love? Yeah. What do we th- actually think love is? So when we say God is love... What does that? What does that really mean? I mean, um, I don't think you know. I, th- I, th- I think love without action isn't love. Love without yeah. actually, ha- ha- you know, doing something isn't is just theory, isn't it? It's words. So when you talk about you know um, it, it, that phrase that he used, to, you know, love is a bit useless if you are still starving. Well, I think one of the impetuses of love is to try to make sure that people aren't starving isn't it that yeah. seems to me yeah. one of the things
0: i would have thought so i mean it, you know that simple definition we've used so often that love is willing the good of of the other person that's yeah. what it is at a very basic level so if that's not happening
1: as a valid question is it love so uh, so i think we do have to get rid of that idea of love as just the feeling that you have mm. um you know because the romantic kind of thing that it is it, it seems to me love is more active and and more demanding in some respects of both sides than we sometimes depict it as.
0: Mm, yeah, and and I wonder, you know, the implication, I think, behind the question is, look, if God is love, is that it? You know, is, is that all there is sort of thing? And I, I sort of, if that is true, um, I wonder if love is still enough. You know, I think about my relationships, um, you know, love for Rachel uh, love for my kids love for my friends and their love of me Th- that for me provides all the joy of my life you know mm. that that for me is the zest of my life it's why i get up in the morning it like it it brings me their love brings me to life i uh, i often think that and so and, and and so i i suppose i think that You know, they can't take, they can't stop horrible things happening to me. Uh, They can't stop me aging and getting ill and eventually dying. But I don't mind that they don't have that power at all. What they can do is love me through my suffering if and when that happens. So, so, and that is enough. You know, I I expect no more of them and want no more of them. Mm. You know, the joy is the relationship. And so I think that, you know, to say God is love is to say that God wants relationship. Um, and we can, and we can you know, ask those questions. Well, can God intervene? Can God stop something awful happening? Can God do this? You know, and we may think various different things about that. But where we can all agree is God wants relationship. And, God wants, and I think that is probably the most important thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think God... The God, You know, we seems to have spent uh, many episodes now talking about the intervention is God. Mm. Um, and I think God does intervene sometimes. This is what I believe. I think believe God sometimes intervenes miraculously or through c- mm. sort of miraculous like coincidences or things mm. happening that, you know, you feel are, are mm. something out of the ordinary. But obviously far more often God intervenes in so far as he, he does through the actions of people who are Good listening yeah. out and 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 sometimes maybe they're not even aware that's who they're listening to i don't know you know but, but i think that's yeah there's a there's also i think sometimes god gives you experiences that you genuinely believe are mystical and supernatural that's how I, yeah. I, i've experienced a that's few right. of those not many but a definite few of those and i think that's that is yeah. something that god does that's something that still happens um,
0: Do, should we wait and listen to what your dog has to say on this? <laughs> yes, he's... <laughs> he's very I can, can say that's
1: not concept. an add-on sound effect. No, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's real life.
0: That is Man. real life. No, but I agree. I think I think this leads us to a high view of humanity, Christ in us. How, how does God stop starvation? Mm. Well, he may miraculously airdrop... Some food on a starving population, but I suspect the most common method used is to mobilize Christ in us to go and do something about it. So it's a high view, I think. You know, you put
1: this well, down, you know that, of that's the it. body, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. I think that's exactly it. So the the, mm. the body, yeah, is is you know when we talk about the metaphor of Christ's yeah. body. That's more than a metaphor. It's not really a metaphor. It's that's how it is. <laughs> so there, are, there are, you know, I think I've talked about this, haven't I? There are three yeah. times, three types of Christ's body talked about in the New Testament. One is His actual body, His physical body, yeah. as when He was on earth. Yeah. One is the bread. Yeah. This is My body, and the other is the church. Yeah. And, and, and so I don't think that's a metaphor. And I, right. equally, it's making me think differently about communion as well. Slightly, I have to yeah. say these days about what yeah, what happens yeah. there. But I don't think. That last bit is a metaphor. God is love, and we are Christ. We are His body. Yeah. You know that, and 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 that's how the action gets taken. Not entirely through that, no. But but primarily through that. Um, yeah. So I, I've really been thinking a lot about this since the last uh, podcast when we had the bit about Etty Hillison. Oh yeah. And uh amazing. And taking that idea, Rowan Williams says, of taking responsibility for God's believability. Yes. Yeah. I just think that's such a powerful phrase. Yeah. And that's I think what God does, you know, that, that God has has given us responsibility for that. And that's how we see the divine at work, I think, is through the through the actions and activities and attitudes of people around us.
0: I, you're speaking my language. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I think, you know, if we are a so-called higher evolved species on this planet, then then the divine has ordered that so that we may care for the planet and care for one another better. Mm. You know, it comes with responsibility and the responsibility is being the body of Christ. So you've got a choice. You can hoard things for your kingdom. You can build, you know, I can build the kingdom of Joe Davis or I can join with God's kingdom, accept mm. that invitation into that and build the kingdom of God. So, yeah, I think, I think recovering this high view of the body uh, of Christ is, is really important. And I think it's interesting. I've had a couple of conversations with people recently, men my age or possibly a bit older, and they've been talking about purpose. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, the, you know the, the common sort of phrase I hear is, I just don't know what my purpose is anymore. I don't know. Because I think purpose was found in bringing up children. Purpose was found in one's career and in one's job. And as you, as you see the kids grow up and as you see your career coming to the end, you're wondering, you're wondering, well, what on earth... Yeah, why am I here? What, what's what's the point of all this? And and I don't know that it comes down to anything more than being patient and kind and loving. I, I mean, I, I genuinely think that is the purpose. There's, there's a lot of people who need kindness. There's a lot of people who need patience. There's a world that needs love. And you happen to be alive right now while all this need is there. So in a sense, I think we... We artificially make purpose for ourselves through careers and, you know, basic biological functions, I suppose. But actually, our purpose is is to live the kingdom of God. And it's that mm. simple. It is to wake each day and say, what are we doing together? How am I partnering with Christ? What's, what is it I'm, you know, I'm to do? How can I be a blessing today? I have been blessed. How can I now pass that blessing on? to others is is there any more to it than that I don't know I'm maybe I'm oversimplifying it
1: well I think we confuse purpose with goals <laughs> yeah. so you know or aims or ambitions or things we'd you know what's my, my purpose is to do to you know my purpose what is at the moment to write the great novel or something like that mm. I, write a great book I am failing signally at my purpose <laughs> at the <laughs> no, that's not true <laughs> but <laughs> but actually that's just a goal Mm. You know, your purpose is is different. I think your purpose is. like we're talking about you know to to take take responsibility for God's believability, to be Christ like, mm. to be patient and kind and full of goodness and self control and all those things that mm. that Paul lists. You know, I think the the good thing about that is a bit like when we talk about the themes as opposed to sort of New Year's resolutions. The good thing about mm. those that uh, that as a purpose. is is, it's ongoing and it can take any form that you want and it you know there's no sort of you know you can measure it I'm sure you can measure it and I think maybe you should measure it in some respects Mm. but but it's it's just something that everybody can do every Mm. day and that gives our life uh, a a deeper uh, significance I think so are we answering
0: Gareth's question I mean just to bring us back to this idea of you know what is it that God actually does are we saying that God indwells us and then equips us to to do God's will? Is that I think what that's we're... the primary
1: thing that we're saying. Yeah. I, and I think I've, I would also want us to pay attention to that indwelling and to mm. the revelation that comes through that and the sense of the Holy Spirit. Because I think there's got to be more than just, you know, thinking nice thoughts or, you know, th- mm-hmm. th- th- there's this... This, Like you said, it's about relationship. So there's got to be about more more than just the existence of God. There has to be the indwelling of God, I think, mm. in us. You know, that old evangelical language of God in our hearts, I still think has an awful lot of power to it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a it's a constant tension, isn't it, between and I remember us talking about this at Oasis in the old days, the sort of bastion of social action back then. But it's the tension between intimacy with God, our own sort of sense of God, and involvement in the world, in, in a world of need. You know, and mm. it's you. Know, I think you can so easily slip into overemphasizing one of those things, but it's both then both and It's recognizing what what a privilege to have to be loved by god to actually matter to god and to be chosen to to do god's work if you like i'm using all this language that i hope helps people um I, that's a fantastic thing and we should revel in it and um, you know i think it's okay to worship that and to but but it's not just for a little private worship party of our own it's it's from that sense of gratitude to To then move out into well, and here's here's his people who need kindness and love today, and 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 I'm
1: here. I'm I'm signing up for it. I think that's so true, and and the thing about that is it's not limited to. You know your ability in a sense to act. You know, um, everybody can do this. I'd I'd like to talk about the last weeks of my friend, if I, mm. if I may. Yeah, please do. If I, and if I can hold it together, because yeah. because really everything was taken away from Steve. Everything gets gets you know everything gets removed. He he by the end when I saw him uh, last weekend, he he couldn't he, he couldn't his left leg was useless. He couldn't stand on. <laughs> he could barely stand at all. He he could barely eat. He. There were long periods where we would just be sitting together, and he 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 didn't say anything, and I he was possibly just asleep. To be fair, there were many times in throughout our friendship when I was speaking, when he looked like he was asleep. But you know, that <laughs> might have been a different. You do issue. have that effect. On I you, do. To have be fair, you know, I've noticed that in a lot of people. Um, no, and and so his whole world had had uh, diminished in that sense to mm. just this emaciated frame. Um, and yet, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite so powerful, in a way. Because he, he was never angry. He refused to be angry about it. He refused to blame God. He, 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 he even refused to think it was unfair. He, he wasn't bitter. He was so aware of the presence of God and I think anyone who account- encountered him was also aware of that presence as well. And mm-hmm. um, I just found it an incredibly um, holy, holy ground going and seeing him. Yeah. So I think we make this mistake because we think of all the time the presence of God as, or we think of God as this active thing that we've got to be doing stuff, or it's got mm-hmm. to, you know, it's our abilities, we've got to change this, to do that, or what, whatever. I don't think it's limited to that. I'm not saying you don't do that, but I, I don't think it's limited to that. I think whatever your cir- circumstances, uh, God can be powerfully present in your life. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I'll say something now because I can see you're welling up. Yeah. I'm gonna, and that's uh, making uh, yeah. me well up. <laughs> okay. So well done. Um, yeah. I, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, of the seasons of life and that, that right season to just stop and be. And maybe that's something you have the choice of. Maybe, like in Steve's case, you you didn't get any choice in it. But there is a, a peacefulness that comes from discerning the season. You know, to know when is the season of activity? When is the season of working? When is the season of just doing all that stuff? And when do you just sit back and remember, hey, this whole thing's a gift and we're here and you're loved and God's here. And that's enough, you know, and I, you know, I'm wrestling with stuff as well. And of course, our dear friend Ali, who um, we've mentioned on the podcast before her mother passed away yesterday. Mm. And so we're sort of heavy with grief of that. But these are these are deep times for reflection and sort of reminding yourself what really matters. And uh, I know this sounds a bit naive, but I am I am convinced that love is the most powerful force in the universe still, and that sounds really naive when there's, you know, people dropping bombs on, on innocent people. How can you possibly say love is the most powerful force in the world? Well, I say it because of this. Because for all of that, millions more mothers are waking up today and loving their children. A million more grandkids are loving their grandparents and grandparents are loving their... Millions more, well, you know, are that uh, people are, are opening their doors to strangers to welcome refugees. You know, the love outweighs the hate. And to, to coin another podcaster who some people may have heard of even, he wrote a book called Love Wins. You know, love does win. Mm. Love wins. Um, and for Steve and, you know, Margaret and others, you know, they are literally absorbed in love now horrible as that is for those of us who are left behind perhaps um and hard as that is for those of us they are totally um abiding in christ now and um and we'll be there soon enough i guess um but until that day you know we will we will relish and enjoy the gifts that we have we will mourn with those who mourn and we will you know serve the best we can serve and i don't know there's any more to say in it than that you know gareth's email sort of brought us back to these kind of basics i think really um today and with all the weight of things that are going on not just in our lives but in the world at the moment i think it's helpful to go back to basics and just remind each other listen this this whole thing we've got is is such a gift this life and it is enhanced by knowing that we really matter to god and uh it's even more enhanced perhaps by knowing that we have the privilege of partnering with the divine and doing some good while we're here
1: i had to preach as i said on sunday and the sermon was about power it was about the temptation of jesus to to, to power satan saying to jesus to see i can give you all this stuff mm. and um and what i came down and was saying about how that there's there's different kinds of power and we mistake what those what those are so there's there is the sort of worldly militaristic power you know the hateful power Uh, hate is Mm. quite well organized really it seems Mm. to me it's quite it's got its act Mm. together yeah and it's it's got its battalions and and so it's easy to look at that and and in the light of what peter was that email from peter was saying you know well Saying, well, where's the pillar of fire? Where's the smitey smitey? Where's the, you know, the hailstones and all that malarkey? Mm. But actually, there's this revolution going on all the time of love, which is of believers or whoever, people just listening to God and, and operating according to that, mm. and doing that. Mm. And sometimes when I look at these demagogues and these dictators, and and you think, well, they seem to be on top. But actually within their realm there are millions of people disobeying them every day yeah and and acting like christ and loving people and 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 i think that is immensely powerful as you say and it's not to be underestimated we don't see it operating it's it's not as visible as the other kind but i think ultimately it's more powerful
0: and i know we're not at easter um but I don't, I'm not sure how many podcasts we're going to do before Easter, how things are going, but you, I feel like we must say something about resurrection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, because that's the hope of it all, isn't it? That's that's the pattern in the universe. That's the pattern of Christ and Christ's life. And that's the pattern of our lives. There's death, but there's resurrection. You know, death is, death is not the end. Death and resurrection have always coexisted uh, together. And... Uh, you know, love wins.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen. I think we should end. Yes. Uh, before that, we have complete emotional meltdown before between the two we of just us. just openly weep. Because <laughs> I think that's what would cheer people up immensely. <laughs> that's
0: just what everyone needs. <laughs> two to middle-aged men crying.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, did um, you call us middle-aged? That's nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm good. I don't know about you. I'm going to live to 120, mate. Oh, uh, yeah so we should uh, we, we we should end because we all need a break um, so you're going <laughs> away yeah no I am I'm going to visit my brother um, and
0: um, and hopefully all is well but yeah I've got a, I've got a few weeks off now and I cannot
1: tell you how grateful I am for that yeah so we may do a podcast uh, mm. while you're away we may not it's, it's mm, just it's it depends fluid, on yeah. we're so we're so spirit led yeah worry. that's um, it isn't it yeah we're just, we're R- just random yeah yeah, just caught up caught up in something whatever happens thank you very much to everyone who writes in. oh yeah thank you thank you for the wonderful and thank you for
0: people who just write and saying nice things and people who write nice things on our facebook page it's so that is so encouraging and so lovely of you all thank you to everyone who um gives to the podcast um over the next few weeks if you do write into us i will get around to replying but it you might not get a reply for a month (laughs) so just
1: apologies for that you certainly won't get a reply from me no that's never gonna happen um yeah thank you very much we're 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 so appreciative for this of this community and uh, yeah you know really grateful for you i'd like to end by reading something Mm -hmm. which is from an old friend of the podcast George Macdonald. Oh, it's been a while. He has been a while. He used to feature in every episode, <laughs> is it, and now. Is it? But um, each day, one of the things I do is read a, a little sort of devotion of George Macdonald's writings, mm. and uh, this was the this was what I read on the day uh, of, uh, of of Steve's death, and I think it fits in with what we what we're talking about. Um, You're gonna be alright with this.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna okay. be good because yeah, I'm okay,
1: British good. for crying out loud good, oh well that's fine then stiff upper lip, anyway yeah this 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 is a, a, a little bit from one of his novels, but anyway he, he says this the earth is like a man the great glowing fire is God in the heart of the earth and the great sun is God in the sky keeping it warm on the other side our gladness and pleasure our trouble when we do wrong our love for all about us that is God inside us And the beautiful things and lovable people and all the lessons of life in history and poetry and the Bible and whatever comes to us is God outside of us. Every life is between two great fires of the love of God.